Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, McFarland. 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 Say hello, Sammy. McFarland, woo! <laughs> Say hello, Gordo. Say it again. Say it again, McFarland. We're, we're gonna get this baby up right away, right, right, right after we tape and put this baby up. Why the the adrenaline's coursing through everyone's vein? And uh, spoiler alert: a little behind the scenes, throw back the curtain. Evidently, Sammy didn't know who I was. <laughs> no, didn't didn't know I existed. Yet somehow knew it, Joe Kelly and I existed. No, no, no. That was a bizarre comment by you I about knew, two seconds ago. I knew. That I knew who you were, and I knew that you and Joe Kelly were friends. <laughs> do you, do you think that I thought you were like a friend of Joe Kelly? And then yeah, I was like, you thought you thought he's like who's this? I don't know all I, this person who is reaching out to do this, like on Twitter. Who I I don't he's he's just some acquaintance of Joe. Kelly. I don't know who he is. No, no, no. The, the the order of operations is wrong. I knew I knew you covered the Red Sox. And then I knew you were oh. friends with Joe Kelly while right. covering the Red Sox. Okay, et cetera. Et cetera. That All was. Right. It's gonna be on my head. It's gonna be on my headstone. Friend to Joe <laughs> Kelly, also known, also known as Robert Farnsworth Bradford. So you thought that? Did you think that I found out that you covered the Red Sox? No, after- I didn't. I I didn't think that was conceivable. But the way that you phrased it, yeah. <laughs> Let's make a, a Rob Bradford, Joe Kelly, like Siamese twins graphic. Sammy's, off, <laughs> Sammy's got the thought bubble up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just put it like a shadow in back of Joe Kelly's head. That that's me, a silhouette. We can uh, uh, we can have Cora wear that as a shirt if he ever wants to take that underdog <laughs> shirt off. I mean, come on, as I said, like come on, this it's the underdog shirt is. The and he was asked about this prior to Friday's game in the in the big massive media session because um, he had been wearing a few. Did we did we we talked about this right? Did we talk about this? No, we didn't talk. We talked about the shirt. We uh, okay, talked about the underdog. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Cora says, you know, Veritech put it in my locker. I'm just wearing it. Whatever. Okay. Well, I mean, Ver. Right, you compare the any t-shirt in your locker. You, you kind of you want to know what you're wearing. And as I pointed out, a quick Google of underdog, comma, cartoon, comma, shirt would show that you can buy that shirt for $15. So there you go. And, and but the, he's wearing it out, man. Underdog shirt. And yeah, now now he's like obviously if he didn't know, which obviously he knew, but if he didn't know, he's obviously been told now and he's wearing it again. For the post game interview as we speak so is he yeah there you go yeah. so i mean 
I mean, I would imagine that Haim knows about it now. No, but I would. I wonder because when we were in Washington, he was walking obviously back and forth. Haim was right there, and you know, Haim's not of the age where he would who he would ever have seen the underdog cartoon. Neither would either one of you. Like you, you have probably a no concept. Like oh, yeah, Sam, no, Sammy I, might know. I I don't know. So when my parents would go away. I would stay at the uh, the woman who lives next door, our neighbor. She would like watch me when I was a little kid, and she showed me the underdog cartoon. So I have seen it. Was that like th- a week ago? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, you got to clarify. It's like, on. it's like a month ago. No. <laughs> um. All right. Well, yeah. It's 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 a funny thing. It's it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to ask Jason Veritek to put a baseball isn't boring or Bradfo show uh, t-shirt in Cora's locker to see if he wears it as well. My guess is no. I think it's uh, it's symbolic, and that's fine. So, um, so let's get to the brass tacks. Here's here's what I would ask you guys, you fellas, is which would you rather have? Would you rather have them, the Red Sox, winning, or which is more important to you, the Red Sox winning today as we tape this, sweeping the Yankees? having won now for the last five series, therefore the last five series that they played in, or burying the Yankees. So in other words, I phrase that terribly. Which would you rather have? The Red Sox winning today or the Red Sox burying the Yankees, which absolutely positively happened. It may have happened before this, but this was like five nails in the coffin. Sammy, you first. So for the first time ever in my lifetime, and I'm I'm 28 years old, so – you know, seen a few Red Sox Yankee series. That was really the first time that it felt like the Red Sox were just playing another team. So I'm happier about the Red Sox winning rather than the Yankees being buried. Not to say that I didn't enjoy that part as well, but I think the wins are more important. All right, Gordo. So just just to clarify what we're being asked here, you're saying what what am I happier about? The fact that the Red Sox just swept the series or the fact that they just kicked the Yankees like even way further down in the gutter than they already were and they're dead. And did you know me before you knew that I was friends with Joe Kelly? So <laughs> I did know you before I knew you were friends with Joe Kelly. I don't know what the hell Sammy's thinking. I don't, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to handle this. Later. All right, we've we've okay. defined that. So yes. So Red Sox uh, winning or Red Sox burying the Yankees. Second part of the question. It's obviously like it's more fun as like like in the moment. It's more fun that they buried the Yankees. But like, let's be real here. The Red Sox are needing every single one of these it's crazy water against like they lose one of these games and they're four out it's so crazy it's that for me it's that it has okay to yeah it's and it also like this be honest the yankees had already sort of gone down that road although i could tell what the, the narrative coming from the yankee if if he was called safe at the plate which by the way what a play by connor wong right holy oh mackerel god. oh my god I love connor wong baby Pick and tag, like block the plate legally, everything. It, it, it was just such a great play. So the narrative coming up, they scored the run, they go on to win the games was uh, Volpe, Volpe, you know, Volpe, that was the one. It's going to turn. He's turning the tide. You know, this was the game. It finally, you know, they figured it out. I mean, we because we've gone down that road plenty of times with Red Sox. This is the one. It, it's not the one they're buried so anyway i i am of the mind that what you just said gordo through these through this wave of playing well 
oh, in New York. I don't know if you know this, they swept the Yankees, okay? Through this wave of playing well, the reality is so, like, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because, and I'm not throwing a, like, wet blanket on this, but this is this reality. That if you lose your four back, holy mackerel, holy mackerel. It's like every little thing now, every little loss, and, and by the way, it gets even more uncomfortable because now you have these teams bunched together, Seattle and Toronto. But as well as you're playing, and this, I'll come back to it. I'm not, I, I, this is the last bit of negativity I'm going to throw you away for the next at least three minutes. It's the Toronto series. It's the Toronto series. That's the that's what we should we we'll all we should always we should never downplay that Toronto series. Anyway. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to kill your buzz, man. Like no, the, no, no. You're no, right, Rob. You're you're absolutely right because if if it's just like we think about what happens if they lose one of these three games, think about if they had just not gotten swept. Let's say they win one game against the Blue Jays. Right now, they are. Am I right? Two and a half. Yeah, they're two and a half back at Toronto. So you can add, they're half game back at Toronto if they just win one game in that series. Yeah. Things are so one tight. No, things are so tight right now. If they had lost today to the Yankees, I feel like it, it wouldn't have felt like they won the series. It would have felt like a lost oh, opportunity. I'm despite. totally, I'm totally with you. And that, yep. but that's the, that's their sort of lot in life right now. And now you go into against the Houston, which by the way, they've lost, I went three, three in a row. Yeah, and, they, yeah, they just got swept. down by the yeah, man. Yeah, so you know, it, 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 and you have four games there. Then you have the Dodgers. We knew this was coming, and this is you know was better than the alternative. You're playing well, but you are so far out of the woods, and it's it's so tough because, like you said, you have the Blue Jays sitting there, or the or if the Mariners lose, they're sitting there, and there's that team in between. And I'll come back to it. Like that's that's why that stupid. Trade deadline comment. I'm sorry. I told him this. Like, I think a lot he should be. We we can spend the rest of this podcast praising him for getting Pablo Reyes and Luis Urias and all these other guys. But I told him this. I said, you know, these are the things that piled up that were in your favor heading in out of the trade deadline. And so, including you didn't have anyone between you and the team you were chasing. Anyway, there you go. Sorry. I'm just bummed. I just wanted a reliever, not to rehash the trade deadline. I feel like they <clears throat> remember right after the trade deadline, I was flipping out. I gave three different examples of games that one reliever could have made a huge difference instead of using. I hate to keep Mauricio, up. Mauricio Jovera. Jovera. That sounds like a, a medication. Need Jovera? Ugh. So anyway, so let's be positive though. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't care. This is this is just about being realistic. Because the frustration, frustrating part is this: you're coming out of this still in this, but you're able to you're able to enjoy. Uh, you guys are able to enjoy this um, because they did sweep the Yankees and they have been, have guys played well. So this is where, while I just ranted and raving about the trade deadline, or not the trade deadline, but that whatever the underdog thing about understanding how important that Toronto series was. Let's look at this. And it's going to come away sort of like it did in 2021 as we sit here. Ultimately, by the end of the month, by the end of August in 2021, we had to do the Mia Culpas with Austin Davis, Hansel Robles, Kyle Schwarzman, right? 
well, we kind of have to do this now with Luis Urias, Pablo Reyes. We do. We do. They're good players. They're better players than what you had. You went out and got better players. There you go. And I know that, Sammy, you were a big Urias guy, right? Yeah, I was about to say, Sammy Sammy doesn't need to apologize for anything. He, I think he, he talked up Luis Urias more than I think anyone else I saw. I saw a lot of Sox fans on Twitter saying the Red Sox did nothing at the trade deadline and and Sammy's talking up Luis Arias and I honestly I think I I sided with Sammy though I was not quite as strong on that side but it's just so interesting to look at another team you look at the Blue Jays got Paul DeYoung yeah who I mean again I'm sorry I just want to take this moment I apologize go take it I no no I just take two seconds I apologize I did I was all on the Paul DeYoung Apology accepted, but now yeah. I'm curious about what you got to say. So you got to say no, it. no, just the Paul the Young thing. Like I'm oh. like, like why? Well, how do you, how do you not trade for this guy for basically your 30th ranked prospect, and you it's get really Luis tough. Urias? So the only reason I was excited about Urias is because he was really good in 21 and 22, and then he got hurt this year and played poorly. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if he's healthy, he'll probably be good. Has to be a reason that Bloom traded for him. I mean, say what you want about Bloom, he's not an idiot. So. He looks healthy. Yeah. Think, of, think <laughs> about it. People people wanted – remember that Paul DeYoung rumor came out like a day or two before the trade deadline, and I saw a lot of Sox fans talking themselves into that being possibly the move to shore up the middle infield until Story got back, and then maybe he moves over to second base or something. And I think people, if they'd gotten him, would have been happy with the move. They wouldn't necessarily have been happy with the entirety of the deadline if that was all they did, but they would have applauded the move if it happened. And you just what what it, yesterday is the August nineteenth, so nineteen days after the trade deadline, Luis or Paul DeYoung gets DFA'd by the Blue Jays after hitting below one hundred, and Luis Arias hits a grand slam off of the Cy Young favorite. So it's, Gordo, it's, yeah, Gordo Urias with the Red Sox, ten games, eight twenty seven OPS, two home runs, double nine RBIs, one twenty three, one twenty three weighted runs created. So. I mean, he's not changing everything. But no, but he's but but here's nor here's, should you expect him to. No, yeah. this is what it comes down to. He was he made your team better, right? <clears throat> With all due respect to Christian Royal, he just wasn't playing that well, and he's getting hurt. Like nor was anyone else at the position. Yeah, and so and then Pablo Reyes stepped up, and you know he's playing better than what you had. He's better play certainly better than Kike Hernandez, but. <laughs> Go ahead. Amazing. Amazing. Just it, it's. I was uh, talking with someone earlier today. How every time the Red Sox play the Rays, you see a position player on the team, and you think, "Where did they find this guy? How is he so good?" And Pablo Reyes is kind of the Red Sox equivalent of that. We have our own. Where did this guy come from? Player and feels really good. Well, that's why when I sat down with Bloom the other day, like I ended the podcast saying, "All right, here you go. We'll un- end with this. How did you find Pablo Reyes? That's it." And, and I was, and he admitted, he's like, I really didn't know much about him, but this is how it works. And you've got to, you got to pour one out for the guys behind the scenes. This is how this works that you identify, but this, this one, the Pablo Reyes thing, I don't know if he's going to continue it. I don't know if you guys think he is or not, but what he's done so far to identify somebody who had barely played in the major leagues, who was in triple a, who was the epitome of a journal A, and by the way, who was in AAA for the Oakland A's. And not even playing every day. Not even playing every day. 
and said, we like, we see this and we see that. Now, I will say this, and you know, I can't be a hypocrite. A lot of times I get really frustrated with this. We like this, we like that. We can change this, we can change that. And we're going to fix them. Joe Vera, you know, you know, or something like that. But it's worked out and you got to give them credit. And and I think as we sit here, we do this roller coaster with Heim. You know, this once again, man, we have to give him credit. Turner, I mean, like what I is, said, what it, is there to say? What you yeah, well, I yeah, I texted, I, I texted, I texted this to Justin Turner after he hit Nogden, but I tweeted this, I don't know when it was, a week or two ago. I said, you know, this is, I've never felt like this, a guy getting up there with in a clutch situation that you feel like something good is going to happen since Ortiz or at least in the conversation and immediately boom, uh, who's uh, JD Martin. And I, I, Mia Culpa, uh, Mia Culpa, JD Martinez. I looked up the numbers. I'm like, Holy crap. You're right. Close in late 2018, really even better, but still I'll stand by it. When he, when Turner gets up there at the end, I'm like, it, it, I don't even know what type of hit it's going to be, but it just feels like, he is just going to place the bat in a perfect spot wherever that pitch is thrown that results in a good result. You and know? Rob, the fact the fact that you're comparing 38-year-old Justin Turner to prime J.D. Martinez in 2018, that says a lot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, but yeah, do you guys feel that way? Fight. Yeah, guys- yeah. I feel it's it's kind of like when Chris Martin comes out of the bullpen, you know, he's going to get the job done. And it's such a, a as a fan of the team, it's a calming feeling knowing that the guy you have in there is likely going to get the job done. Well, and, and I'll say that, you know, is once again, if we're going to 
go down the list here. You mentioned Chris Martin. Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen. You paid for certainty. Yeah, it cost you money. You paid for certainty. But there's no such thing as absolute certainty, but they gave you even better than what you paid for, honestly. And can you imagine, guys, can you imagine what the season would look like without those two guys? They'd be out of it. They'd be out of it. They'd be be so far out of it. And think about that. That's what they were last year. Like, that's what you were living with. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Schreiber this year, his high leverage numbers are not good. So I can't even fathom what it would look like without Kenley and Martin. Wow. Yeah, last year you had Schreiber to hold down the fort, and then Hauk, you know, moved in there for a little bit to hold down the fort. And then later on, Whitlock moved in there and he held down the fort. You were just kind of, it was like a revolving door of guys holding down the fort. And then this year, you know who's got the seventh, you know who's got the eighth, you know who's got the ninth. And almost every single time they get it done and the stat, which I don't have in front of me, but they're like a gazillion and nothing when leading after seven or eight innings or seven innings. That's not, for, that's not because of nothing. Like that's those guys right there. I think it's actually, you nailed it. I think it is absolutely gazillion to and nothing. Yeah. I think it's in the just, notes. I, th- I saw that. Even today with a, with a blown save, they still, they still won. I, I, can I just say also, I, I, as I was waiting to do this podcast, I kept watching the Kenley Jansen mic drop video. And this, and the subtle part about that video is his face. I, I actually was sitting here laughing. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good video. <laughs> I know. He, yeah. I and mean, we, we talked about that anyway. Um, so, so, okay. Listen, I'm just going to open the floor for you guys. I want you to, the the bear your soul sammy you can go first bear your soul what's on your mind what's your new mind coming out of the sweep of the yankees about your boston red sox it can be anything anything at all that maybe we talked about that you didn't talk about whatever you want to talk about what do, what do you got look we did a lot of podcasts before the season began and i think we all came to an agreement that we would be thrilled with meaningful baseball in the last two months of the season so i'm happy i'm happy we got that Of course, I would want more. But in a year that we all said was a bridge year, to have a competitive team that's fighting for a playoff spot while you're rebuilding the farm into an almost consensus top five system, I think Red Sox fans should be pretty happy with where the team's at and what the future is going to look like. So no complaints. Ah, I don't want to hear about the future. Stop it. Future as in next week. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Enough of the future. Honest to God. But this is what I want. So tonight, Sunday night, we're all going to go to bed thinking big series, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. These are huge games. We didn't have this last year. It's been it's been a year over a year since we've gotten to have this feeling of like angst of big game tomorrow. And that's exciting to me. Would I love them to make the playoffs? Absolutely. But hey, we got meaningful baseball for now. I'm good. Sammy, while we're while we're talking about what we said before the season. I am going to be excited at the end of this thing to go back and listen to our uh, preseason projections and just like what we had a bunch of topics that we guessed on. And one of them was the win total and my win total. I've kept this in mind all season. It, it was 86. I said, they're going to have 86 wins and they're going to be knocked out in like the last week of the season. Right now they are on uh, pace for 86.18 wins, which I means see. I am a certified genius. You are. As it stands today. Yeah. I mean, as it stands today, you as are. As it stands today. I picked 84, so I'm not too far behind. And I also said 84 and narrowly missing the playoffs, I believe is how I worded it. So, well, we'll I mean, you, you're, we you're, were you're, both on the high end. 
Like yeah. everyone else, think about the the over under on the sports books was seventy eight and a half. That was yeah. my no, 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 no. At one point in spring training, it was seventy four, seventy four <gasps> and a half. Oh. Yeah, it was. And oh my god! Yeah, I love yeah. the uh, the culture of digging up old bad takes. Oh well, <laughs> I'll, all the time. I'll say this: so <laughs> when Schreiber came in or was coming, getting ready to come in, I had been meaning to do this. Because people like, I guess, Will Fleming and Joe Kostig, they have this thing about Johnny Leverage, his nickname Johnny Leverage, right? Which I keep telling him, he doesn't want to be called that. And they refuse, they're like earmuffs. They will refuse to acknowledge it. Like, so we call him Eight Mile. I said, I said, guys, and they go on. It doesn't matter. They keep saying it. And they keep, this is his nickname. This is so, all right, I'm going to have to do this. So I went back and I found when when John John Schreiber came on uh, the broad or came on the Bradford show on the radio with me. It was right after he appeared in spring training game. He he ran right up the stairs and he came on, and it was in the middle of spring training. And I said, "Look, can can we just define this? Is what do you, what do you want to be called? I don't care. I'll take whatever you say. Johnny Leverage John, Eight Mile. And he says Eight Mile. So I knew he said this." So today I'm doing this thing and I'm cutting that. And, and then I'm about to tweet it and then he gives up five runs. I'm like, yeah, this is probably the best time. So I text it to, uh, to Joe and Will. And of course I get no response. But anyway, my point was, is that when I'm listening to that audio file, I said this in that, and this is in the middle of March to my thing. We kept saying 2023 Cole Red Sox colon. Maybe like, <laughs> nothing's changed it's incredible yeah it's incredible like this is it's almost impossible to get to this point in the season and legitimately feel the exact same way in a lot in in most every way i mean guys have exceeded expectations and things have changed but as we sit here guys maybe Right. Think think about it, Rob. That stat that they keep showing on Nesson of uh of the top four ERA pitchers in baseball and how the Red Sox just demolish those guys. I I think about like if they miss the playoffs, I'm gonna think back on this year as such like a missed opportunity because of how many guys, as you said, have dramatically outperformed their expectations and how many difficult opponents they have not just beaten but taken to the cleaners. It's just it's crazy that that you can look back on the season and if they miss the playoffs by a few games you're going to look at like the Cardinals series and the Athletics series and the White Sox series and stuff like that and the Pirates series like from the very beginning. It's crazy cuz yeah, like as you said, tons of stuff going the right way, but yeah, they also right, at but... the same time can't get out of their own way. No, and, and it's 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 just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And and as we said, like we can't we'll go on, I'll go on uh, do my radio hit on Tuesday morning, and it'll be the same stuff. Well, if this happens, that could happen. If this happens, that could happen. By the time you get to the August 20s, you shouldn't be saying this. You should say, I feel like, ah, no, it's not I'm glad happen. we are, though. I'm glad we are. No, no, I'm totally – listen, Sammy, yeah. like, you know, people ask, like, hey, you know, you grew up Red Sox fan, you root for them. Like, I got to be honest with you, I, above everything – I root what's good for business. What's good for business. And them being in it, them winning is good for business. It just is. And yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's so, it's such a bizarre season. And 
and we're gonna we could be sitting here taping this on whatever Thursday night, and it could look so dramatically different. I mean, mm-hmm. in in either way, by the way, in either way, like so, if they get your, I just saw you hold up your calculator going out, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a calculator for this, but if it's okay, the if the if they sweep the Astros, what will they'll what will what where will they be in comparison to the Astros? They'll be ahead of them. They're three and a half back of the Astros as it stands right now. So yeah, they Gordo sweep made, the Astros. Gordo made a good point today uh, on Twitter. I saw your tweet that with the Mariners sweeping the Astros, it kind of went from a three-team race to a four-team race for those last two spots. So. And it's yeah, it's for two spots. It's not for one. So yeah. like, even though like, even though you sit here as a fan, as a Red Sox fan, you want the Mariners to get swept because if the Mariners get swept, all of a sudden, I believe that ties them with us with the Red Sox. If but but them sweeping the Astros has now opened up, like the Red Sox could be the second wild card team. Like mm-hmm. th- there's a, there's so many there's so many different ways this could go with four teams bunched up like this. We try to find who's playing. Let's see the series coming up. So you have want the matchups? I got all of them. Oh yeah, the Mariners at the White Sox. I think you the have, Blue Jays have the Orioles. Blue Jays are off They're tomorrow. off. They're off. They're yeah. So tie them, right? Or no. So you have uh you have um Blue Jays at Baltimore on Tuesday. Ooh, Ooh. big one. Is I, is that for three or do they have another off day on Thursday? No, that would be okay. three. They, they wouldn't play two, I don't think. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, Red Sox at Houston, Seattle at the at the White Sox. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's that's the most note noteworthy ones. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Toronto's got hey, a tough. Have... Toronto's got three against Baltimore, like we just said. And then I know the Guardians aren't exactly amazing, but that pitching staff can shut you down. They're they're pretty good. They're a weird team. You never know with them. They're like they're probably gonna take the series against against Cleveland, but you never know with Cleveland. Like Cleveland can kind of do stuff. They're Cleveland took two team. out of three against them uh, this month, actually. So we'll see. We'll see. Cle- Cleveland can kind of do stuff. No guards. They can. They can kind of do stuff. It's, they it's inducted. Like... You see what they did this week with Manny. Who did they play. Oh yes, they're so sweeping the Jays. You put yeah. Manny in your Hall of Fame, you're having a hell of a rest of the season. Boom! Absolutely. Really weird seeing Manny in the Cleveland uniform again, but good for him. I I can't believe he showed up. Well, you, oh my it, God, that was one of the great moments of last season for me. I bought that ticket to go to Ortiz and Manny's Hall of Fame induction. Manny's like my childhood hero, and I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be the first time I've seen Manny in person since he returned with the Dodgers. And he didn't show up. <laughs> he did. He, so he didn't. I don't remember that. He showed up. He showed. He definitely showed up another day last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. He like threw out the first pitch at a random game like a few weeks later that I happened to be at. So I did get to grace his presence. Really? Yeah. So I, go he ahead. Just didn't show up. That's hilarious. <laughs> Can I just tell you, like, it's of uh, Manny might have been so. Covering Manny from 2008, from January to the time he left in 2008, so that's seven months, was the most interesting guy maybe I've ever covered, like in always, in always. I mean, obviously at the end, it turned it turned 
bad like on a dime and obviously you have the the pushing the jack mccormick traveling secretary which is terrible but even before then i did an interview with manny at the all-star game in new york that year and he's sitting there and i can't even explain how the the old yankee stadium locker room set up but there's two lockers that are basically almost like alcoves like closets so he gets one of them. So he's buried deep in this thing. And so I'm interviewing him and he starts railing on John Henry. I mean, on the record about, because this is the whole thing with these guys. It gets in their head about picking up options. So if you go back to that time, he didn't, they weren't picking up. He had two options. They weren't picking up. So he's railing against John Henry, like out of nowhere. So this guy, if you go from most of the season, that first six months, he was happy-go-lucky Manny. Going back to when I showed up at this place called Athletes Performance, where all these guys worked out, Pedroia, Euclid, Carl Crawford, um, a bunch of football players. It's I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, but that's where they all worked out. So I show up there because I'm covering the Super Bowl for the Herald, or I'm like eight sidebar writer for the Herald for the Super Bowl. So I'm like, I'll go over. I go over there, and all of a sudden, Manny, who didn't talk to the media for years, for years, starts talking. And all he could say was, I want to be like Julio Frank. I want to be like Julio. That was his line. I want to be like Julio Frank. Because, like, to play until he's 50. That's why he's yeah. working. On it. So, anyway, he starts talking. I'm like, this is great. And he's entertaining. And he has this guy there. And his name is, is he called him Uncle Rico, which is so ironic because of Napoleon Dynamite. But it was his Uncle Rico. And um, and so, and then he starts talking. So, I, I must have done for the majority of that first half of that year, a million Manny stories because everything he said was entertaining. Like I'm going to win the gold glove or talking about hitting or whatever it was. It was awesome. And then it took a turn. And so anyway, that's my Manny story. He's, he's kind of like a, like a wrestler who did a heel turn. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Without, name- without dying his beard black. Yeah. Like, have I told you guys my Manny story? Have I? Have I? No, told that I want to hear it though. Manny, Manny, there's a reason Manny is my favorite player ever, and he was like my hero as a kid. Because as you said, Rob, like Manny could have his highs and Manny could have his lows, and you really didn't know which man you were gonna get. But it was one of my. I was a third grader at the time. I believe it was like 2005, and it's. I was one of my first games. I went with my dad, and ni- neither of us had ever gotten a ball at a game before. And my dad at the time's in his 40s. He's never gotten a ball. So John Main on the Orioles threw us a ball during batting practice. And so like, this is like a huge deal. Like my dad's never gotten a ball. Like this is, this is the greatest day ever. And fast forward, we're sitting in, in the left field, like in foul territory in left field, kind of parallel to where Manny plays. Manny's my favorite player. And like right before the eighth inning starts or the bot, or yeah, right before the top of the eighth inning starts, I run down to the wall to try to say hi to Manny, see if I can get him to say hi to me. And I, I get his attention and I wish I wish people could see this. He waves hi to me with his glove like this. <laughs> kind of like if you could picture it like someone saying, Come and get it. Like, come here. Wave like waving their hands, their fingers are are pointed up and you're trying to kind of waving it towards your head. And to childhood to kid Nat, to kid Gordo, it it felt to me like he wanted me to throw him the ball. So I took the ball and right before <laughs> the inning started, I hurled it onto the field. And he, he it rolled over to him. I didn't make it to him. It rolls to him. And he looks up at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, oh, 
crap. Like I wasn't supposed to do that. So I figured he was going to get the ball and like either give it to me. The ball attendant was there and he could have given it to them to give it to me. But instead he put it in his back pocket (laughs) and uh, he played the entire inning with that ball in his back pocket, which is like obviously against the rules. You can't do that. So I figure I'm standing there. I didn't go back to my seat because I figured, okay, he probably just didn't think he had time. He's going to give me the ball after the, the inning ends. But the inning ends, and Manny runs back to the dugout and doesn't look back. He didn't look back at me. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, my dad's going to kill me. This is his first ball. Like, I'm, like I think he's going to literally, like, kill me. Well, anyway, they hit that inning. Manny ended the bottom of the eighth. He was on deck. He didn't hit, but he was on deck. He then runs back to the left field to play the ninth and he's warming up playing catch with Johnny Damon and we can see the ball in his back pocket and like everyone in left field saw what happened. So like the entire, like three or four sections of people are all screaming at Manny, like give the kid the ball, Manny, Manny, give the kid the ball. He he's ignoring, ignoring us playing catch, but then finally he's done playing catch. He kind of walks back to his spot and we lock eyes and he takes the ball and he walks over and he tosses it up. And I, I look at the ball. He had taken it into the dugout and he signed it for me. Oh, what a great story. That's awesome. What, what a great story. It literally like laid the foundation for my love of baseball was that that moment with Manny Ramirez right there. That's awesome. Loved him ever since he like he's done. He's done a lot of good, a lot of bad, but I'll always look to the good with him because it, it it really was. It's like you'd think like for a guy like him, it's like a very insignificant moment. But for me, it was it was everything. Huge, oh, yeah. Did you uh, did you ask him what his hangover cure was? I didn't get to do that. <laughs> that is part of my uh, it's on my to do list with him. When I whenever I do one day get to speak with him. <laughs> well, so yeah, so let me if if you if Manny's walking to you, right? Let's set the scene. Like I, I'm all about making dreams happen. I don't know if I can make this happen, but if Manny's walking <laughs> to you, right? Manny's walking down. Here's Manny, Gordo. Here, Manny. I want you to meet Gordo. What? What do you? What's? What do you say? You have knowing that you know in that situation, it's you're gonna have about a minute, about a minute, maybe two, if he's really engaged. What do you got? Do you tell that story? That's like that's a tough story to tell. Well, I'm. I definitely would go to that. I definitely, I understand I wouldn't be able to go as in depth, but I'm hoping maybe there's like the smallest bit of a chance that maybe he you would try. It. So you would try to do it. You would try. You, I would try. Yeah. Immediately. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Sammy, yeah. who would you, who do you, who would, what, who would you want to meet? Oh, easy. Lu- Luis, Luis Urias. Well, David Ortiz, Pablo Luis Reyes, Urias, and Connor Wong and Pablo. Those are my four. That's my, um, What's it? The the but, mount. But David or, David Ortiz would be number one. Yeah, if I if I met David Ortiz and like you know I, I work I work with athletes so I I talk to them a lot different sport but I think he's the one guy where I would actually be like nervous and struggling to like get words out just because like he I put him on such a pedestal when I was a kid more so than like Tom Brady more so than any other Red Sox player I think if I like even at Winter Weekend when I was within ten feet of him. I felt like my like palms were sweating. I felt all shaky. I was like, "Oh my god, that's him! He's right there!" It's just like a larger than life human to me. So that's easiest question ever. So, but what would you say? I'd probably just—I don't know. It's really, <laughs> what do you even say? Like, it's like to someone like that. Like, I'd yes, be like, you could thank him. 
I would just be like, I hope you like <clears throat> genuinely not to sound like a sap, but I hope you realize like the impact that you had on myself and my generation. Like we'll never, never have anything like that. Like that, that genuinely changed my life watching him growing up. Like that's how I fell in love with the game, watching David Ortiz. And I don't know, that's the one athlete where I feel like I would just freak out. Oh no. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> He's not, he's not. Oh no! He's not gonna pick up. Would have passed out on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah. no! How's my hair look?" Oh <laughs> uh, no! It didn't guys, work. You pick you up. Guys, remember? Uh, <laughs> like in uh, uh, 2006 or something, when these guys would like sell their stuff. Like Manny had his grill for sale on eBay, and Ortiz was like selling his car for just like anyone to buy. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, I remember. I remember the car. Yeah. What? Yeah, I remember. I remember Manny selling his car and his grill. I remember yeah, specifically his grill. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I I tried to get my parents. I tried so hard, and like I'm a little kid at the time, but I tried so hard to get my parents to buy that grill. They wouldn't do it. There was there's, there's, there's no chance. Small ask. Come on, just buy the grill. I was like, get the grill. Come on, you can do it. Wait, it's wait, 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 wait. Okay, actual question: grill or grill? No grill, like. Like flipping burgers grill. Okay, yeah, okay, flipping, okay. Just big grill. Oh, hey, here, Rob. Uh, big Poppy example. I went to his last regular season game at Fenway. Hmm. I, I was I was bawling like I lost a fan. Oh, I, hate, I hated that series. I, I was, yeah, I don't even remember. I, I remember nothing about the game, but I was just like. You were crying? You were weeping? Oh, fully, yeah. I'm, really? I'm, like, I'm kind of a crier. Happy crier. Not, not sad That's crier. Good. That's Happy, good. I, yeah. I happy cry a lot in a good way. But um, yeah, that was like, that felt like my childhood coming to an end. Like that's how well, it felt. So that, so what you're talking about, th that was stupid. Like, <laughs> I should say that. <laughs> I really, that, I really grew that moment. Not that yes, was stupid. Yes, Sammy, you, you freaking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> no, no I, I phrase that incorrectly. That series was stupid because they did a three-day event of David Ortiz, right? Yeah. And so if you remember, like this was a very real thing. Like I am fully convinced and uh, having gone through it, I think other people are as well. That it was a chaotic thing. It was just chaos for three days. Clubhouse was packed full of people. It, it was exhausting. And remember, they were going into the postseason and everybody came off of that was like, oh my God. Like that was that was a lot. That was a lot. Too right. What? Just the... Yeah, it, and then and then so they go into the series, the postseason series against Cleveland, which they actually had a chance at. Yeah, and they fall flat, and so and that's why I like the the Ortiz like the, of the gifts given to Ortiz during that tour. I know a lot of people remember what was it, peanut butter or something, in Minnesota. Someone gave him peanut. I just remember the golf cart they gave him with the Dominican flag on the on the top. I'm like, what is he possibly going to do with this? I, I want to know where some of those gifts are. You know I what I want to know? Yeah. I want to know where he put the the freaking Orioles bullpen phone. Remember that? That was oh yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, of course. Go 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 back and look at that video. The best part is Lavello and Pedroia just trying to try to keep a straight face, <laughs> like by like dodging shrapnel. But uh, that's, that's why we love him. He cares. He cares. Oh no! I, uh, this is why I love covering Ortiz because, like, he's genuine, man. Like, 
And sometimes it got him, him into trouble, but he's legit genuine. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start with Ortiz. It's, uh, yeah. but you go to to your point. The his last game obviously was the last postseason game where they lose to Cleveland, and he goes to he goes to the mound. The mound, remember that. I bet you were bawling then too, right? That's yeah. what got me. I'm not a yeah. crier. I'm not a yeah. crier, and that got me. So, so I, so, like, for some reason, MLB Network hired me to get sound on the field. I, I never done it. Like, I don't. It's weird. So, I got out in the field where before a lot of people were allowed. So, I was actually on the like the the skirt of the mound when he's doing this. Like, so like, cause you see there's some, some people around that mound. So I'm like, you can see pictures. I'm wearing my Carhartt jacket, like on the skirt of this mound. Like, like there's some moments where you're like, I have to, it's kind of like uh Joe Kelly said this the other day when he's talking about running in for the bullpen and getting the standing O from Dodgers fans. He's like, I don't ever listen to it, but I knew at that moment I had to, I mean, I knew I had, I should like, that's the same thing with me at that moment. Like I knew that that was a moment. Like I, for some reason, like I had to to realize how lucky I was to be at that moment. It's really know. cool that that you were kind of able to remind yourself to to be in that moment and not just let it pass by. Like well, you were... yeah, it's it's and that's hard to do honestly. A lot. Um, I and I will say this is that maybe Ortiz is also probably responsible for at least a top three moment for me professionally, I'm not even talking about that was when we went in May of last year where he gets the private tour of the hall of fame. And he invited me along with Ian Brown to go with him. I mean, this is like Cooperstown early May, no one there. And he gets this private tour and, you know, I'm, they show a movie in this theater like no one's in. I'm just thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be up, you know, 50 rows ahead of them and I end up sitting like three seats over from them. And I'm looking at them. It's like this 15 minute movie of Hall of Famers talking about it being in the Hall of Fame. And you could tell like, oh, he's getting really emotional. And then you take the tour with him and then you go down and like there he is holding Babe Ruth's bat. And so like I am not going to like even attempt to be cynical about any of that. Like that was that was really cool. that was good. Did, did Big Poppy happy cry? Is he part of the team? Yeah, I think he's well. He was happy crying, and I think in both those moments. Well, he happy cry. He happy cried on the mound. Happy That's cried. Right. I think somewhat, maybe a little bit in the movie, but definitely later in that day, they have a little bit of a press conference. He starts talking about Kirby Puckett, and and uh, in front of the plaques. So yeah, so. See, yeah. see, men, nothing wrong with happy no, crying. No, no, nothing wrong with happy oh, crying. Let it flow. Happy cry all the time, my kids. And I will say, so I asked this question because it happened to me recently. Um, it, I, I may, I can't remember if I we talked about this, the Eddie Vedder thing. No. Uh, oh, at the so I was at the All Star game. And I'm I'm watching. So Eddie Vedder for me is a bucket list guy, right? Like you said, Sammy. Like you're around people, but there's certain things. Shannon Elizabeth of America Pie. I met her. You know, you know that movie, American Pie. Nice, yeah. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, but Eddie Vedder is a bucket list guy, and um, so at the All Star game, right before the game starting, I'm walking through the concourse of Seattle, trying to get something to eat, and here comes Theo the other way, and I hadn't seen Theo in a long time. Hey, Theo, and he's like, "What? Hey, what's going on? This is Eddie." And it's like, and I, I was, uh, 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 and he, he's so cool. He was just like, that's okay. <laughs> like, that's so cool. But, then, but, right, but, 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 but so, and, and Theo's like, oh man, you really missed the boat on not having a baseballs and boring shirt. I'm like, yeah, I did. Oh. Yeah. And he's like, they're like, here, they're like, here, have a CD. Like, this is Eddie's new single. And they're both laughing. And I'm like, uh really he's like nah we bought it from some guy off the street i'm like do they know who they're buying it from so yeah but i to to your point like this is maybe an educational film slash podcast be ready for that moment because i wasn't ready for that moment and what i blew it as my wife explained to me later was my my daughter got married last year and the father-daughter dance was an eddie vetter song not a pearl jam song an eddie vetter song called skipping which it, like you're gonna have to google it it's certainly not in anybody's playlist but it's a great father-daughter dance eddie vetter sings it it's sort of about his daughter and i'm like how did i miss this opportunity to like say something about that oh true yeah and yeah, this a- you feel like how can i get back in touch with that guy now i did i did take a selfie with him which i normally would never do you know and Theo's there, and, and Theo was cool enough to be you know, on board with it. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to let that pass away by. Which, by the way, I don't, I didn't tell you guys this about my Bill Murray thing. Did I tell you this? Monday, when I'm in, in going to Washington in the airport in Logan Airport, you know my Bill Murray selfie taken 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. famous Bill Murray selfie. So another bucket list thing. Someday I want to show Bill Murray this photo. Eight o'clock in the morning, Logan Airport, Bill Murray sitting there by himself. And again, normally I wouldn't do it. But I'm like, I I just like, you almost have to, you have to like psych yourself up, understanding if you don't do it, you're going to be kicking yourself no matter what happens. So I go up to him and... And I and I've heard stories like I love Bill Murray, but I heard he could be grumpy. And so it's eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm like walking toward him. And he's he's initially sort of seemingly giving stiff arm, but I'm literally leading with my phone with a picture of it. Like I'm almost throwing it at him. Like here, and he's and he immediately like stops his like whatever he was gonna say to say, ah. He's like, where's this? I'm like, oh, it's Camden Yards. Like that's Camden Yards, two thousand uh, to the um, nineteen ninety three All Star game, and he's like, uh, oh, second best stadium. He he goes, he's like, that was a great party. I'm like, oh man, yeah, yes it was. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure it was. And then he was like, uh, he's like, second best stadium in there. I'm like, oh, you mean after Wrigley? Yeah, because you love Wrigley. I'm like, did you go to Fenway? Because I knew he had gone to Sean McDonough's golf tournament. And oh, like oh, that's pretty good too. That he got so pissed off, he got legit pissed off 
that I was mentioning Fenway with Wrigley. He's like, Fenway is like a shopping mall compared to Fet- to Wrigley. And and he's getting legit. And so I'm like, ah, yeah. So we're going back and forth to the point. Then it goes to like, you're going to have to get out of here. I was, you're going to have to get Wrigley and Fenway. I was trying to have a good morning. You're going to have to get out of here. But it was legit serious. I'm like, okay. Wow. Because otherwise, I was looking for the window to take the the selfie, you know, whatever. But uh, 30 years later. 30 years later. Yeah. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anyway, those it's are my hell of a story. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm still kicking myself. Uh, right before the season, I was in L.A. Um, for work, and I was eating tacos and Juan Soto walked right by me and I froze up and didn't say anything. Really? Definitely him too. I had my glasses on. Coop, so I could Coop asked Coop, uh, when we went to the all-star game last year, Cooper's in the locker room. He, I, I, I give Coop a lot of credit. He like Juan Soto had this big necklace or something or something. He had some, and he asked him to pose with it and he took a wow. picture of them. You know yeah, what? Cool. Actually, you, I think that's when it was actually, I think it was the all-star game. I don't think it was the off season because my work, yeah, that lines up with my work trip. So yeah, it was actually after the all-star game in LA. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I had to go there for a press conference. So yeah, I saw him get like a backwards hat and I did the whole, like, do, do I say something? And yeah. It it's tough, man. It's tough. I get he was it. The most famous man in baseball at that time too. Cause it was aligned with all the trade stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's tough. I did, you know, it can come back to burn you, and I'll give you the example of it coming back to burn you. In in Toronto, I was at the port. You ever heard Porter Airlines? No. Porter yes. Air. For the Porter, it's great. If you if you, you ever go to Toronto, right? Yeah, if you ever go to Toronto, fly Porter Air. It goes right to the middle of the city, and they have their lounge is sort of almost like I compared to like a scene out of Mad Men, like all these weird like seventies chairs and everyone's drinking for free. And so anyway, I'm in this circle of chairs and this family comes over and says, can we sit here? I'm like, yeah. And I look up and it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the actor. Again, mm-hmm. legit one of my favorite actors. Like, not even a lot. I love, I like, really, really admire him, like him. And so they're sitting there and now I'm sitting like, what do I do? And so I, I st- you know, I'm like, oh, I just want to let you know. I'm really big fan. It's like, thanks. But he was with his little kid, his wife and his mother. And then now it's like, as soon as you say that, he's going to take his kid for a walk. So I'm left with his mother and his wife. And so we're talking, we're talking, talking. So now the planes are going to board. So like, again, I'm like, I got to shoot my shot here. So he's over by across the way with his kid. I said, hey, nice to meet you. Can I get a selfie? He's like, not here. I'm like, there's there's no worse feeling. There's no worse feeling. Uh I don't blame I him though. I don't blame. I I I can respect it, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because if you if you take it and other people see it, then they they lock eyes on him and try to figure out who he is, and then they're taking pictures. So I get it, but like, oh my god, that kills. Yeah, I, it's, also, it's like 
It's like asking someone to the prom and being turned down. Yeah. <laughs> that that reminds me of uh I I was once uh, at Fenway Park and uh Alex Rodriguez was there and he was signing autographs and I was right up there and I I go like Alex can I can I take a picture with you? He goes you can take a picture of me. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what a dick." That's kind of cool though. That's that's kind of a rod. Like if I met Pedroia and he told me to like f myself, I'd be like, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, at that point, I just I started turning around and snapping selfies, just like like a gazillion of them, and I got a couple of good ones where he's looking at my camera pretty annoyingly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a tough one, man. Like it's a tough one. I it I get it, but. Lesson learned when, when Sammy, when you meet Luis Urias, have something ready to say to him. Yeah, if you, you freeze up with Luis Urias, you, no excuses anymore, man. Pablo Reyes, too. No excuses. I'm, I'm going to lay up tonight, and I'm going to be like, okay, I'm, here's my list of, like, like my book, and I'm going to make sure I have, like, all that stuff. Then there you go. That's, in my, like, brain notebook. Yeah. What am I going to say when I when I run into Manny Ramirez and Tom Brady? One Who day? is, so, of this current Red Sox team, because I want to make dreams come true. I felt like we went down that path of Jaron Duran thanking you, Gordo, for your support for his all-star game. That was the best. So uh give me one one person each who you you would like to to meet and what you would say to them of this Red Sox team. Uh-huh. Sammy, you can go okay, first. I don't... Oh, who wants? Gordo, you want to go first? I definitely know the person I would want to talk to. But the but the but what I would say would be there's so many options of what you say, but I mean I feel like there's a million different avenues you could go down talking to Tristan Casas. Oh. like that well, would be that would be a that would be fun. What would you ask? What what which which avenue? The thing about Casas is like you'll you'll go in with I'm going to ask him about this, and then you end up somewhere else. So I buy that. Yeah. So I mean, you could you could go. I mean. You could go with the tanning on the field. You could go well, with the, the bucket swing. And, 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 and an unnamed broadcaster said they saw Casas outside the park shirtless. <laughs> the dog, man. He's very, he's very Casas is very single. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, with with no car, I've confirmed that no car, and did not understand that you uh, your Uber rating. Uh, you can get an Uber rating as a passenger. Um, <laughs> all right, Sammy, who do you got? Does it have to be a player? Can it be a staff no. member? Ooh, <laughs> I like that direction. Where are you going with that? Oh, Veritech. Oh, okay. Big Poppy, big by far my favorite. Veritech's in that next tier. He's you know also my sister's favorite player. My sister loves him. So I. Would well, be what like, would you say? How good did it feel to hit A-Rod? Nah, he oh, he'd hate that. He'll shut you out. Yeah, he'll be walking away. But I would, I would say I asked him. No, I, I really don't know what I would say. Guys on the current team, like, it's weird. I, I, I view it differently. I, I try not to, like, in my head, I don't get attached to the players because I know they could be gone. And I I don't know, man. It's tough. I, I like Connor Wong because of the not so much an interaction last year when I walked by him after he got sent down to uh, Worcester and he looked so depressed. I was just kind of like, I hope this guy, I hope this guy succeeds. Like he looked genuinely hurt. So I guess I would tell Connor Wong the story about my girlfriend and I walking by him and almost saying something, but feeling bad and how we both root for him now. 
So they appreciate that. I mean, they they, they truly appreciate that. I'm going to tell him that story. It was depress. It was super depressing. He looked. He looked like his like dog just died or something. So, well, what, how how should I tell this story? That you he he just got sent down. He's walking oh. by you and your girlfriend. Yeah, coming back you, from drugs. And you felt and bad for him. You saw him with like <laughs> luggage or a bag or something. And I said to my girlfriend, "That's Connor Wong on the Red Sox." And then I walked towards him, and I kind of had a moment like, "Oh wait, he just got sent down." Should I give him a like a words of encouragement? Nah, I'm 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 nobody. He he doesn't want to hear it. So I just walked by and I remember looking at him. We didn't make eye contact or anything, but I just felt awful for the guy. And it's it, you saw the human side of baseball for a second, and it, it, it just felt bad. And now seeing him succeed feels even better, just because you know how much it means to him. Cliche, but it's I I thought you were gonna say that. It's something similar to the moment where I get we met for the first time, Sammy, and I gave you the baseball, the the valued at hundreds of thousands of dollars off the Jalen Beak simulation game. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's crazy. I forgot that's how you guys met. Got there in four minutes. Well, I mean, in person. <laughs> Great. Oh man, God bless I mean, baseball. If I didn't do that, if I didn't do that, we we might not be here. Nah, that's yeah, probably not. I mean, you probably would. It's. You didn't say much, man. Like, you gotta trust the talent, Sammy. Trust the talent. I was like, I couldn't even breathe. I had just sprinted. You're like, hey, I'm Rob. Nice to meet you. I was like, Sammy, nice to meet you. And Coop, I remember Coop was looking at me, and I was like, who's this guy? He's he's staring at me like, like Coop I'm, was there. Coop was next to you, and he was looking at me, and I was like, he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And then I kind of realized, like, I, I do come across as crazy right now. I just sprinted here for a Jalen Beeks. Well, in, in fairness, your heart rate was like 180, so it's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a Jalen Beek simulation game, uh, yeah. foul ball. Um, all right. Well, we've we've as we as always we've solved a lot of problems, but the most important thing is, as I think that you guys caught the spirit of the thing, that we can continue these podcasts and we can continue these conversations. We think, we think, out where they actually matter, and like as we sit here, and you know what. Maybe in four days, it won't matter. Maybe it'll take a turn for them. But we're appreciating the moment for the great game of baseball and and these sort of like, it was a great game on Sunday. It was a great game. It was, both sides. The game exactly. of baseball was a real winner, Yankees fans. You're welcome. I'm right. sure, that, fans can go I'm sure that'll make them feel all better. <laughs> Yankees fans, now that you've heard that and you're in a good mood, have a great Monday. <laughs> No, your team just got swept by their biggest rival. They haven't lost eight eight in a row in my entire lifetime. But yes, I agree. Game of baseball wins, so you go home with a smile on your face. Yeah, that'll do it. There you go. You're welcome. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 oh,